In this first of four podcasts, the NAC dance producer Kathy Levy talks to much-acclaimed Vancouver-based artist Crystal Pite. Crystal is an extraordinary dancer and a supremely inventive choreographer. Her company, Kid Pivot, has performed many times at the NAC. Happy listening! When people talk about you being an innovator, they're, they're talking about you approaching the body because of your own signature and your own talent, approaching the body in a way that forces us to look at it differently. Does that, is that an acceptable, can you, can you get your head around that thought when Maybe. you think about yourself? Maybe. I guess uh, if, if there's any innovation happening in my work or, or anything that will happen, I hope, over time, it's, um, it's probably going to be less to do with actual movement language, actual choreographic vocabulary, and more to do with the integration of theatrical elements and um, text and, and that kind of thing. Not that that hasn't already been done for years and years, but um, I, I, I would expect that, that my take on that is is more where I'm going to break some ground as opposed to in, in just in movement language. Right, develop a signature of your own. I guess so. Yeah. 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 But like you said, you know, it's not like I set out to, to change the way that dance gets done. You know, it's not a mission or anything. It's just trying to... Um, just trying to keep hacking at these ideas, keep carving them out. Mm-hmm. It was so fascinating to see that performance last night of Netherlands Dance Theatre because you see Killian's work mm-hmm. and you see your work. And of course, they're in some ways, the result is very different. But the ability to make the body express something extremely layered and extremely particular, even though the, the, the thematic approach is different mm-hmm. and, and even the movement approach is very different are equally um, strong. And, you know, Killian, of course, has been doing it for years, but he's still, I, I still kind of lose my breath when yeah. I see the work. It's yeah. so detailed and so yeah. intricate. Really. And how do, how do you respond to his work? Do you, does, oh. does it speak to you in a, in a way? It really does. It always has. I mean, I've been a fan of Killian since, ever since I can remember. You know, my first exposure to his work was when I joined Ballet British Columbia. I would have been about 17 at the time, and the company had a piece in their repertoire then called Return to the Strange Land. I remember that. Yeah? yeah. And I'd never seen anything like this before. It absolutely rocked my world. I could not get enough of it. And I've always held Yuri Killian and and his company, Netherlands Dance Theatre, up as, you know, one of the, the titans of our of our time, something to really learn from and and, and aspire to. So when I when I got the opportunity to go and work there, I just I had to really talk myself down because it was so overwhelming. The the idea that I was going to go make work in Yuri Killian's house. It's incredible. Yeah, I remember there were when I first got there when, in two thousand five. I made my first piece for NDT, and um, I got into the building and and he was there. He was there. <laughs> Waiting was, for you. He was working. He was he was working on, on a piece for Netherlands Dance Theatre 2. And uh, and he was around, and he has this beautiful, calm energy, and he kind of floats around the building. <laughs> and um, and I was trying to find a way to introduce myself and say hello. And and uh, days went by. We sort of passed each other in the hallways, and I would, I would, I would um, chicken out. Really? Yeah, yeah. Finally, I got up the, the courage to introduce myself and say hello, and, and uh, I totally choked. <laughs> I just choked. And uh, he's, he's been incredibly sweet and uh, supportive. And um, I remember 
um, congratulating him on, on one of his works. And it's just a beautiful piece called One of a Kind. And he told me that it was a very, very difficult piece to make. And, and he spoke to me for a while about his fear and his doubt and his insecurity, the whole process of making that piece and how he really struggled to get to the studio every day and keep working on it. And um, he wanted to call it off. And it was, it was a really challenging time. And I was thinking, oh, my God, you've been doing this wow. for so long and you still get that scared. Um, which does not bode well for me because I, <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine myself doing, you know, in another, another 20 years down the road still feeling this terrified. I would have thought it would have gotten easier. Probably it does in some ways, but the fact that somebody like Killian can still be so vulnerable is probably what makes him a great artist. I think that that's what I was going to say as well. I think there's mm-hmm. got to be some of that um, questioning and pushing that allows an artist to continue, continue to make work that is new to him or herself, don't you think? I think so. Otherwise, yeah. really, if it's easy, then you're kind of doing it somewhat formulaically? I guess so. I wonder. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. Mm-hmm. He says he likes it now. He looks at the piece now, you know, with some distance, and, and he thinks it's a good work. I'd be curious to ask people of that age and that stature, you know, 20 years hence, as you say, if they've ever had an easy time with a creation, mm-hmm. or if every creation is like, you know, giving birth to a new child, and mm. what that what that all is about. Yeah. Look, we're going to talk about Netherlands Dance Theatre more, because I'm oh, okay. very curious about that, but I want right. to take you back a little bit, okay. if I may, a lot of bit, <laughs> mm-hmm. if that's cor- correct grammatically. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm very curious... Uh, I didn't know you when you were a little girl. I first met you when you were starting to dance with Bally BC, and I'm just curious as to, you know, how you ended up there. Like, what happened? Was you were growing up in Terrace, I believe? I actually was born in Terrace, but I grew up in Victoria. In Victoria, okay. Yeah, and I started training when I was four, like lots of other little girls. Um, my mom put me into dance classes because that's what everyone was doing. Right. And I also, I also really did love to dance. I was, um, apparently, I don't remember it very, very clearly, but dancing all the time as a little kid so um, were your siblings dancing all the time as well I have two younger brothers mm -hmm. so I was I started dancing before they were even born right yeah and I I had kind of an unconventional training I guess if I compare myself to other dancers um I trained basically with just two teachers in ballet from the age of four all the way up until the age of 17 in Victoria in like a private studio yeah I just I went to normal school went to normal high school and I I trained in the evenings and on weekends at, uh, at, this, at this little school, Pacific Dance Center, and, and Maureen Eastick and Wendy Green were my teachers. And they were, um, are, really um, creative and encouraging women that um, not only trained me as a, as a ballet dancer, but also offered me opportunities to choreograph right from an early age. Mm-hmm. We were, that, that, that was part of what we, we did. Um, like they, for the school recital yeah, or, or for during... competitions and, oh, really? and they would just organize they would help us to organize um opportunities for us to create our own work and I, I wouldn't have known what it was called at the time but I myself was also organizing improv jams <laughs> and stuff <laughs> as a child like in the backyard with my friends and you know I would in a, in a performative way we would have you know music and we would invite an audience and we would we would do these improvisations and we were choreographing all the time, and um, every year in Victoria there was a, a dance festival where we would compete in various different categories. So in a way, I was kind of like a competition kid. And did you always win? 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Probably, right? I won, yeah, sometimes. I got trophies and, <laughs> and stuff, which is like, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love that. I hope you've kept those. I think I, yeah, I still have a few <laughs> things. My mom probably has a whole closet full of stuff, Perfect. ribbons and things, certificates. But did anyone ever come through and say, oh, the National Ballet is auditioning, you should go? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. And, and, and did you? Were you yeah, interested I did. in that? I, I mean, we, we would make the effort um, often to go to Vancouver and, and do spring seminar and go do workshops or take a master class with such, such and such a teacher. And we often went on trips like that, which, which were wonderful. And then I did go and audition for the National Ballet School um, uh, when I was 13, and I went for, for the summer school program. And I was actually asked to stay on, and, and I, I turned it down. I, I wasn't ready to leave home. I was 13. Mm-hmm. It was a long way from Victoria really to Toronto. Way, yeah. And um, I, didn't, I didn't trust in my feelings there. I, I didn't, it didn't feel right for me, that place. Do you remember those conversations, for example, with your mother? Or was it just a, something you knew in yourself? I or? knew in myself. My parents, too. You know, they, if I had wanted to stay, they would have tried to make it work. They would have made it work. And that must have been so... I think oh, about that now. I know. I can't imagine. That must have been so... Um, terrifying for them you know waiting to hear whether what I was going to decide and I remember calling them and saying you know they they offered me a a spot and and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stay I'm gonna I'm gonna come home and and remember my mom like a long pause and then she was like are you sure (laughs) (laughs) don't tease me (laughs) the relief you know and 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 in her voice but at the same time she you know she wouldn't have wanted to me back from doing that if, if I'd wanted to stay. So I didn't stay and I continued uh, my training in Victoria and I, I didn't just do ballet, I did uh, tap and I did jazz and I did musical theatre and acting and I was very much involved in the local community um, theatre scene um, with uh, semi-professional and professional theatre that was going on, their musicals and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I had kind of a wide range of, of training training experiences when I was a kid and was performing a lot performing performing like a large chunk of the year I would actually be on stage performing in this thing or that thing so I think all of those things really added up um, and really they really affect the way I think about dancing and way the way I think about performance now and were you starting to then get a little bit aware of Valley BC because we're talking sort of oh yes by 17 you were in the company that's how did, right how did that transition happen well 16, a little closer to home obviously yeah <laughs> around the age of 16 17 um I was going to Banff I was going to the Banff uh center summer school, summer school thing and um I was dancing in the professional program then so I, I was exposed to professional dancers in that context and, and was actually getting a chance to dance with them. So that was kind of my first introduction to the professional world in, in Canada. Can you remember and when you got to Banff, did you feel that, because I, I remember I even went there one summer and I remember feeling like the ballet kids were the ballet kids and mm-hmm. the jazz kids were the jazz kids, etc. Here you come in with this just hybrid of training and you came yeah. in, you know, so multi talented and did you did you remember noting that ballet was always my default it was Uh always sort of the main thing and then the other things I was I was doing with maybe a little bit less focus um and I wanted to be a ballet dancer at that time I wanted to dance in a ballet company or a contemporary ballet company and so that that's what I was really uh, committed to by about that time 16 17 um who was at Banff during that time is that Brian McDonald? Yeah, and, Brian McDonald and, yeah. and, and Annette Paul and Suzanne Tumine and, and, and Vicky Simon and um, 
Laura Alonzo, oh, I remember, wow. was there teaching that year. So I went there, I would have been 16, and I, I met a lot of the dancers from Ballet British Columbia then and, and um, worked with them, danced with them. Um, and that was totally amazing um, to be just plunked into that um, professional world. And two, it was Expo 86 around this time, and Ballet British Columbia had just formed, and they had had this gala. Ooh, it's all coming back to me now. I had won some kind of prize. What was it? I was uh, the Junior Ballet um, Award winner in the Spring Seminar, Vancouver Ballet Society. That's it. Okay. And as my reward, I was, um, I was invited by Max Wyman to attend the gala performance of uh, the Expo 86 uh, Ballet British Columbia Gala, their sort of inaugural moment at the the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. I remember that. Yes. And I was there and I was in the audience with Max and, and I saw the company for the first time on stage and they were performing Love Songs, which is a piece by William Forsyth, a piece he made for the Joffrey in like probably the late seventies, I'm guessing now. It's not performed anymore, this piece, but whoa, it, it, uh, rocked my world I remember I'd, I'd never seen anything mm-hmm. like it and um I was I, it was just so incredibly appealing so I had always imagined that when I finished high school I would head to a professional school I wanted to go to um to Montreal I wanted to dance at L'Ecole Supérieure I thought that would be a good place to continue my training um I didn't think I would jump into a, a job right away I thought I was going to have a couple more years of of training before I would start my professional life, but as it turned out, I, I got a job with Valley BC. Did you go on audition or? Uh, Reed Anderson was the director at right. the time, and he saw me in Banff. Okay. Yeah, and he offered me so the job there. So he invited you. That's yeah. Great. Yeah, I remember being terrified because I I was quite young. I was seventeen, and uh, I knew that all the dancers were a fair bit older than I was, and I didn't know how that was going to be, and I, I just didn't feel ready. And actually, I wasn't ready. I think back now, I really wasn't. <laughs> how big a company was it ready. at the time? Uh, there were sixteen. Yeah, that's what I. Remember. Yeah. Yeah, and I really had a lot of catching up to do when I got there. And, and in a way, it was it was great. It was the it was the best way for me to to learn. I just had to jump in and well, hats wing off to it. Reed for, for yeah. seeing that and giving yeah. you that opportunity. So he was there for a couple more years, I guess. Yeah, I got I had him for one year, and then he right. and then he went to the national, and then it was then we had four more directors, uh, three more directors after that. And I I spent most of my time at Valley BC working with John Elaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was also great. And then you were dancing, and then but. Pretty soon after, pretty soon after John got there, mm-hmm. I remember, if, if I remember correctly, it wasn't too long after that you began making pieces for yeah. some other companies or for Bally BC. I mean, yeah, it was actually pretty much as soon as I got there, we had uh, our, the first choreographic workshop. Um, I think it would have been at the end of my second season, so I was 18, maybe 19. And uh, I, made, I made my first work on professional dancers there. What do you remember about that? I remember it being easy. Really? <laughs> yes. Really? So much easier than it is now. Um, Why do you think that is? I, had, I guess I had nothing to lose at that point. Huh. The stakes weren't very high. I I was just working from just pure joy, really. I was just so excited what about it. What do you remember it. about the piece? Um, I think it's one of those things that if I saw now, I would just... I would just die of embarrassment, really. <laughs> I yeah, no, horrible. But uh, I hope you have an archive of it somewhere. Somewhere, we can make sure that burn that one. Um, that is the nice thing about dance: is it uh, 
because it doesn't really exist unless it's being performed, it, it, it's really easy to disown the things that you've made in the past. It's well, so nice that way. <laughs> I really it's very ephemeral art form. Mm-hmm. Yes, here and gone. Yeah. But uh, that piece was a trio, and uh, it was a solo woman and, a, and, a, and then a couple. And Were you in it? No. I, I was eventually. I replaced somebody eventually, but because uh, the, the, the piece ended up being pulled in the, into the repertoire of, of the company, and we performed it for a couple of years. That's amazing. Yeah. What's the title of the piece? I'm going to go it look was, for it. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, it's called Between the Bliss and Me. Okay. Yeah. But it was, um, it was a fantastic experience, and it was really affirming. It was like, it made me want to do it again. And um, then I just started. We had, with Valley BC, we worked about seven months a year. And we had about a five-month layoff every year. And so I had five months of the year to freelance, to work with other choreographers, or to make my own work. And I did a lot of works for young people. I did uh, for youth dance companies like Arts Umbrella. And um, a lot of uh, dance schools in in the Lower Mainland have kind of young companies. And um, I would go and choreograph. So I, I had a lot of opportunities to practice the craft of choreography in those circumstances. And that was really valuable. And then um, Bank Jorgen gave me an opportunity to make a piece for his company, and things just kind of went from there. Um, I then made a piece for... Was that Two Jeans? That was called... It was to Billy Holiday songs. Uh, it was called Reflections on Billy. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw that. I know we brought one of the pieces for Bank Jorgen's company uh-huh. to the Canada Dance Festival. Uh-huh. Over the years, I made four pieces for yeah. him. And we saw, I remember yeah. seeing them in Toronto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being extremely impressed. Aww. And just, I thought it was a huge um, gift for that company, too, because it was just so different than other things that they were doing, mm. which was quite wonderful. Well, it was amazing of, of Banked to give me the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he really took a chance on me right there at the very beginning. And uh, I really, really am indebted to him to giving me that giving me that chance. And then I... Because of that, um, my work was seen by Ali Pouforhoek, who was the artistic director of Alberta Ballet, and then he invited me, me to make a piece for the for the Alberta Ballet, which was, I used 14 dancers. It was full orchestra, Calgary Philharmonic. It was a huge jump. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Was that easy? It, it was easy. <laughs> Trying to find when it became, when did the when career start to become hard? When did it start getting hard? <laughs> that one, I'm sure it must have been hard at some point, but I don't, I don't recall it being terribly difficult I remember working really hard um and being really excited and really happy and you were kind of working on your own right I mean you just sort of go into Calgary and yeah it's not like you come with an entourage or you just just show up on my own I would have been I guess 22 23 and had you done a lot of prep work before did you Yeah. yeah yeah So that that sort of ability, that organizational ability, that 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 blend of of uh, characteristics that you were able to develop in your youth has seemed to have done you great stead for uh, for all these projects because that's not easy. You can't just walk in and sort of say, "Oh, I'll I'll sort of try this," because you probably have a very limited time and yeah. limited budget, and that's yeah. that's a huge administrative trait to learn at a very young age. I guess so. I never thought of it that way. It's, I'm just thinking about how much it takes to organize anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, really, it's not yeah. an easy thing. That one was interesting, I remember, because I had to they, I had to choose a, a piece of music that the orchestra would play. And I didn't know anything about classical music. I remember going to the library at the University of British Columbia. And it was before YouTube, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, l- like, literally closing my eyes and spinning with my finger out 
and then landing on a record, wow. <laughs> hauling it out of the shelf and, and listening to it. Just I just random and I started building a knowledge that way. Just just random. Do you remember what you chose for the piece? Yeah, it was uh, it was Shostakovich. It was oh, um, beautiful. Beautiful. It was a chamber symphony, which was a um, an orchestral version of a string orchestra a string orchestra version of his uh, quartet. Um, which quartet was it? 110. I can't remember Kathy right now. Which one it was. I could sing it. Dun, 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 dun. No, no, I'm not going to sing. On, no, I'm not going to sing it. You're going to cut that out. I'm not cutting that out. Thank you. But it's a beautiful piece. It's actually, I wouldn't even mind choreographing to it again one day. And what, you know, what's it like? Like here you are, you're making work that's out there in the world and getting a reaction. Is that scary? I mean, is, have the reviews always been, you know, in those early days, were the reviews oh. great? Were there... I always think that must be such a hard process for an artist. People say they don't read reviews, but still, you're out there. Oh, people read them. After all this, I know, <laughs> it's, I know. I mean, we, it, yeah. After all this work, this, all this, you know, sweat and blood, and then, you know, in an instant, someone has an opinion on them that's all over the newspapers or the radio or whatever. What was that like for you? That's, that's pretty uh, maturing yeah. experience, Yeah, isn't that's it? a good way to put it. Um, I'm trying to remember. I'm sure that. the reviews were good, but nonetheless, just having that reaction... Yeah. Yeah, you really, you put yourself out there. You feel really exposed. It's not just like having a friend of yours come and tell you what they think. No, it's not. It's, um, yeah, you do feel sort of naked and um, very vulnerable. And those words have a lot of power, whether we want them to or not. They do. They change the way people watch your work and, and what they think about what you're doing. And um, I don't know how, if I had a resilience to that or if I, if I even have a resilience. I don't know. I guess it's always hard to read uh, things about your work that are negative and true. It's harder, it's easier to read something negative that's untrue, hmm. I think. So you're saying that if you read something and you went, yeah, yeah. that is a weakness or yeah. that is something I didn't <laughs> it, like. Yeah, or it cuts a little work. deeper. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't I imagine think. that happening to you often. <laughs> yeah, no, it happens. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But... I guess from there, um, I I went on to I went uh, I got the Clifford E. Lee Award and I went to Banff and um, I made a piece called Quest and then Alberta Ballet took that into their repertoire and then I had an opportunity to make a piece for Ballet British Columbia um, and I made a piece there just the same year that I was leaving and then I went to Frankfurt. That's all for this edition of the NAC Dance Podcast. Join us next time when we look at part two of this fascinating conversation with Crystal Pite. Please send us your comments and questions. You can reach us by sending an email to nacpodcasts at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget you can subscribe to this and other NAC podcasts by visiting the following website, nacpodcasts.ca. There you'll find our past episodes, subscription links, and instructions on how to subscribe. You can also easily find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Just search on NAC Dance. Until next time, this is Gerald Morris saying goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.